Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast, the incremental anti-diet solution for effective permanent weight loss. Primal Potential is committed to helping you overcome emotional eating, hormonal imbalances, unhealthy habits, and your dieting mindset through education and inspiration. We don't just talk about what you should eat and what you should avoid. We talk strategy. Primal Potential is bridging the gap between knowing and doing. Each episode will leave you with concrete tips for making positive changes that make a difference. Primal Potential is here to help you lose weight, get healthy, and master fat loss naturally. Hello there. Welcome back, everybody, to the Primal Potential Podcast. You're here with me, your host, Elizabeth Benton, for a chat about fat loss. That's right. Today, we're talking very specifically about fat loss. I try to keep a good mix of practical episodes, things like what to eat for fat loss, emotional episodes about motivation or emotional eating, and then some more technical science-based stuff. And I love them all, but more than anything, I really want to be responsive to what you tell me you need and what you tell me you want to hear more about. If you haven't reached out yet to let me know what kind of episodes you very specifically want to hear, what kind of topics you find interesting, do that already. And maybe I'll feature your question or your topic on an upcoming episode because really, you know, this is different from other podcasts out there. This isn't a platform for me to push an agenda. It's not. This podcast is your podcast. If you're listening right now, this podcast is your podcast. It's about your goals and your needs. And I'm just here really to facilitate and share my thoughts and my experiences and my research. So with that said, the very best way to let me know what you need is to head over to primalpotential.com and get on the VIP email list. There's a sign up box right on the homepage underneath the banners. And I email every week with things like my favorite recipes and tips and workouts, motivation, resources I love. But my favorite thing is when you guys email me back and let me know what you want more of, uh, what topics you want to hear. So do that because truly, genuinely, this is your podcast. The reason I do this is to know what you need help with in your journey so that you can reach your goals. Today's episode is going to be one of the slightly more technical episodes. So science geeks out there, my kindred spirits, be prepared to enjoy yourself. I want to talk about the actual process of fat loss because there are so many generalizations out there and myths about fat loss. People who think you just eat less and your body's going to use that extra energy from your body fat for fuel. It's oversimplified. And I understand why people want to say, you know, A plus B equals C. And that's just not the way the body is. Our bodies are incredibly complex and we want to simplify it to treat it like a machine or an accounting system. Whatever you eat first gets burned first or in fuel shortage, it's just going to go straight to body fat storage and burn that as fuel. But it's not that simple. 
And understanding the nuances makes it easier to make good decisions, right? It makes fueling your body for fat loss start to make sense. So we are gonna get a little technical, but I promise I'll do my very best to keep it simple. And we will, as we always do, wrap up with practical implementation strategies. So once you understand the what, we'll talk about the how, how you can take away key points from this podcast and implement it and increase your results. No matter what your goal is, whether you're looking to lose five pounds or 50 pounds or 150 pounds, we are going to tackle that today. So are you ready? Like I said, it's going to be a little bit more science-based, but I'm going to try and help you understand how all of this works together and how we make mistakes and kind of veer off the fat loss path along the way. Because your fat cells, believe it or not, aren't these little incinerators that spontaneously combust to provide fuel when you don't eat enough. Fat burning is actually a really intricate and complex process. And if we aren't careful, and most of us aren't careful just because we don't know to be or know how to be, we can screw the whole thing up. If we're eating or working out to only address one part of the process and we don't see the whole thing through, we're not going to get the results that we want. So again, understanding the steps and what influences the process really helps us understand our role in being the director of the process and sheds light on the importance of certain food and lifestyle choices. When it makes sense, it just becomes easier. So let's talk about the steps of fat burning, like what actually has to happen in order for our waist to get smaller? What actually has to happen for us to burn fat? First and foremost, you have to create a need for fuel in your body. Your body has to sense, okay, there's not enough incoming fuel. That is the only way it's going to tap into those body fat reserves. And we've talked about that before. But if you are consuming more fuel than your body needs to operate, it's never going to tap into your body fat, right? It's just not. Your body is very efficient. And we've talked about this in past episodes, so I'm not going to go into detail about this today. But it only accesses the fuel stores in your body fat when it needs to, right? Now, keep in mind, this is not just about eating less. This could be about your activity level. This could be about the composition of your meals or the timing of your meals or the size of your meals. But we're just going to summarize this by saying you need a moderate calorie deficit. And we've talked before in previous episodes that I'll link to on the show notes at primalpotential.com about how you know if you've achieved that moderate caloric deficit or not. So the first thing you need is for there to be a true need for extra fuel in your body. The second thing you need is the right hormonal environment because it's your hormones that tell your body whether or not to burn fat. And that's not just about insulin. We're going to talk today about some other hormones that play a major role in that process. Okay, so we need a moderate calorie deficit, we need hormonal balance, and then this is where it gets a little bit more technical. Your cells, your body fat cells, must receive a signal to release stored body fat from the cell. That's called lipolysis, okay? It's taking the fat and breaking it down. So your your body must receive that cellular signal and release the stored body fat from the cell. Then... This next thing you need is that stored body fat, once it's released, has to travel through the blood to another cell 
And then that other cell must receive a signal to let the fat in and then burn it. And that's called oxidation. So it's a complex process. First, the body needs to know there's not enough energy. Second, there has to be the hormonal conditions to allow for fat burning. Then you need the cell to receive the signal to release stored body fat from the cell, right? Then it has to travel through the blood to reach a target cell where it has to be received into the cell and burned. You might be thinking, no wonder it's so hard, right? I have to get all of those things right. But here's the good news. It's the same series of behaviors, food choices, lifestyle choices that support every single phase of this process. So when you really nail those few behaviors, you get your fat burning engine firing in all cylinders. So it's not like I have to do this set of things for this part of the process and this set of things for that part of the process. It's not. It's really the same behaviors that facilitate all of the different steps in this process. But if we don't have those in check, then we're going to be feeling really frustrated. And most people are, right? You're thinking, I'm doing everything right and I'm not getting results. Well, if you're not getting results, you're not doing everything right, okay? We've talked a lot about the calorie deficit, how to know if you've hit it, how to know if you've gone too far. So I'm not going to go into that here. I'm going to link to it in the show notes, as I said, um, and I've talked about you know, some of the misconceptions and misunderstandings about calorie deficit and crash dieting and blah, blah, blah. The other thing that I want to go into more detail about in this episode is the hormone stuff. And we've talked a lot in previous episodes about that hormonal environment we need for fat loss, but some major questions have come up and some misconceptions too that I really want to clear up. So there's insulin, <clears throat> excuse me, there's insulin, right? And I talk about that all the time, how it's considered the master fat loss hormone. And a quick recap on insulin, it is a storage hormone. It responds to fuel coming into the body, right? Food, it responds when we eat, and it shuttles the nutrients that aren't immediately needed for fuel, whatever we're doing right then in that second, running a race or sitting at our desk or whatever else, and it responds and shuttles the nutrients that aren't immediately needed for fuel away to be stored. So as I said a hundred times before, the presence of insulin alone tells the body not to burn stored body fat because you don't need any more fuel. The presence of insulin says to the body, hey, we have more than enough. I'm trying to find a place to put it all. So don't you dare pump more fuel into the system by breaking down stored body fat. The presence of insulin inhibits that fat mobilization from fat cells that we talked about, releasing the fat from your body fat cells. Even insulin levels that are not our post-meal, so even our low levels of insulin in between meals can inhibit this fat release by as much as 50%, and then a small increase of insulin from there turns off fat burning completely. Now, here's where people get confused, okay? So I know you've heard some of my insulin messages before if you're a regular listener to the podcast, but here's where I want to take it a little bit deeper. Carbs drive insulin, okay? But they are not the enemy, and neither is insulin. Yes, carbohydrates, be it from processed foods, sugars, fruit, wheat, oats, pasta, bread, they have a more significant impact on insulin than protein or fat does, but Protein and fat do impact insulin, okay? I want, I want everybody to really understand that. 
protein and fat do impact insulin. Think about it. I always like to go back to this sort of common sense perspective of really understanding the body. Insulin is a storage hormone. It's not just carbohydrates that need to be stored, right? So insulin is going to be deployed in response to all food, period. So when we get into this mode of overeating fat or protein, thinking we're going to stay in fat burning mode because we're not eating carbs, so we must not be impacting insulin, that's just not true. We need to try to not be so black and white or one-sided in the way we think about fat loss. So many people hear messages about insulin being the master fat loss hormone and carbs driving insulin, and they think, well, the answer is just eliminating carbs, and that's not true. Yes, fat loss is largely about controlling insulin, and one way to do that is being smart about our carbohydrate strategies, but it is not as simple as restricting or reducing or eliminating carbs, okay? So does everybody get that? Insulin, we think about it, is a storage hormone. Anytime we consume more fuel than our body needs in that moment, insulin is deployed to store it places. Insulin isn't the bad guy here. We need those nutrients delivered to our tissues. That's what allows us to heal and repair and recover. It's what strengthens our immune system and it's what gives our bodies fuel, right? But we have to respond with our choices in a way that really makes insulin work in our favor. Insulin isn't bad. We don't need to think like, oh, the key to fat loss is no more carbs and there will be no more insulin. That's that's not true. And if we think about so many things in life, it's just not as easy as saying that's the bad guy, right? If we think about gasoline, gasoline can be very destructive. It can burn your house down, right? If you don't use it properly, if you don't apply it properly, but if you do, it can fuel your car, right? Without it, you can't get anywhere. So I don't want anybody feeling like they need to demonize insulin or carbohydrates. That's not what fat loss is about. We have to try to be fair and biased in our understanding. And insulin is going to be in the picture, whether you're eating carbs or not. It keeps us healthy. It keeps us well. It keeps us alive. But when we chronically elevate insulin, and that can be by eating too many carbs or the wrong kind of carbs or at the wrong time, but it can also just be from eating too much in general, whether that's fat or protein, right? High insulin, chronically high insulin, is going to trigger hunger and cravings, and it's going to turn fat burning off. So we have to respond intelligently to insulin and choose foods and food timing and composition of meals that support insulin and make it work in our favor. And we'll talk about that when we get to practical implementation strategies. But I just wanted to clear that up, that because insulin is a storage hormone, it is storing all nutrients. Yes, carbohydrates influence it more, but they are not the singular influencer of insulin. Now let's talk about some of the other hormone players in the game because insulin is not the only show in town. I've talked before in the sleep episode, and I will uh, link to that in the show notes, about how cortisol and melatonin, both of those are hormones, they work like a seesaw, right? When one's high, the other's low. When the other's low, the other's high, whatever. Glucagon and insulin work that way too, okay? They're sort of the different sides of the same coin, if you will. 
When insulin is high, you're in storage mode. That suppresses the hormone glucagon. However, when insulin is low, the body gets a signal that fuel is low because insulin isn't around storing stuff, and the hormone glucagon springs into action to do the opposite of insulin. Instead of storing anything, it frees up previously stored energy, like that that's trapped in the cells of your body fat, to allow the body to break it down for fuel needs. Now, there are certain things that have to happen for your body to receive the signal to give your fat permission to leave the cell, okay? There's so many sort of lock and key mechanisms that have to go into place for the body to say, okay, it's time to release stored body fat. Okay, the fat can leave this cell. It's all a very detailed process. That is the first stage of fat burning. And this happens when your fat cells are triggered by certain hormones. Glucagon is one of them. And when these hormone signals are sent, it activates enzymes, okay? Enzymes are proteins that catalyze different reactions. We're like flashing back to seventh grade science class here. But enzymes are proteins that catalyze different cellular reactions in their body, including fat release from the cell. So these enzymes catalyze the fat in the cell to break down and leave the cell. And these hormone signals can be sent from fasting or from exercise or the right hormonal environment based on your food choices, okay? There is one major enzyme responsible for catalyzing this reaction of breaking down the fat within the cell and releasing it. And very appropriately, this enzyme that makes that possible is called hormone-sensitive lipase. It releases the fat, starts to break it down, and then releases it from the cell. And I was reading, uh, I think it's in one of Metabolic Effects books, and I'll link to it in the show notes. They, they call out, they point out the fact that this enzyme that is responsible for breaking down the fat in the fat cells and releasing it, it's not called calorie-sensitive lipase, right? I love how they make that distinction. It's called hormone-sensitive lipase, okay? So this hormone-sensitive lipase, the enzyme that is triggering this reaction, breaking down the fat in your cell and causing it to be released, it's getting instructions from hormones, okay? And there are hormone receptors in your fat tissue, and it all comes back to your hormones. These hormone receptors, there's two different kinds of them that we're talking about when we're looking at this process of fat burning. We're, we're inside your fat tissue right now, all right? And there are these receptor sites for different hormones, because these hormones are going to say, yes, burn fat, or no, don't. These little places that receive the signals from your hormones. These different receptors inside your fat tissue, we're going to look at them as alpha and beta. The alpha hormone receptors, they slow down fat release. They say, whoa, 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 slow down, don't let it go, don't break it down, don't release it from the cell. So when hormones bind to those alpha receptors, we slow down body fat, okay? The hormones, when they bind to the beta receptors, they speed up fat release. Now, if we rewind here, if you're still with me, we go back to insulin. Insulin is a hormone, and we're talking about hormone receptors in your fat tissue. 
insulin suppresses hormone-sensitive lipase, this enzyme that is what allows your fat cells to break down fat and release it, okay? That's why we say that insulin turns off fat burning. It turns off the enzyme that allows fat release to happen. And it also messes with those beta hormone receptors, the ones that speed up fat release. Now, estrogen... Another hormone also plays a role here. Remember, all of this cellular signaling that's saying, yep, break down the fat, let it go out of the cell, is based on hormones. These are hormone-sensitive enzymes. Estrogen increases the total number of your alpha receptors in your fat tissue. Those alpha receptors are the ones that inhibit fat release from the cell. So the more estrogen you have, the more of these receptors you have that turn off or inhibit fat release from the cell. That is one of the reasons that women tend to have a harder time losing fat as compared to men, okay? that That's also what makes it harder as we get heavier and heavier, as we put on more fat mass, fat loss actually becomes more difficult because extra estrogens are stored in our body fat, so we make a tough situation even more challenging, okay? And I've, I've done an entire podcast episode on natural ways to balance estrogen, and I've done a couple of blog posts on it too. I'll link to that in the show notes, because when we make food choices that help to uh, detoxify estrogen in our body, then we have less of this blocking of fat release from the cells. We make fat loss a whole lot easier when our estrogen levels are in check. Your thyroid hormones also play a role here. And again, I know we're getting technical, but in a couple minutes, we're gonna get to the real practical application. Your thyroid hormones increase your beta receptors in your fat tissue, the the receptors that speed up fat release, and they make those alpha receptors less effective, okay? All right, shifting gears here. The other thing you need is optimal blood flow because once we've successfully released the stored fat from the cell, it has to travel through the blood to the new target cell where it can be burned, okay? So this blood flow is really important in making sure that that released fat gets where it needs to go. Otherwise, that fat can be redeposited in your adipose tissue and we've blunted the fat loss process. And this is one of the great things that exercise is good for, especially high-intensity interval training and leisure walking. Those are fantastic ways to support blood flow. And I've done an entire episode on high-intensity interval training, and I will link to that in the show notes over on primalpotential.com. Another thing for blood flow is really working to lower the inflammation in your body. Foods can be pro-inflammatory and therefore inhibit optimal blood flow. Pro-inflammatory foods are going to be things like processed foods, sugars, starches, as well as chemicals that are in our food and in non-food you know, lifestyle products, whether it's our water uh, or our skincare or whatever else. Now, one thing from a diet standpoint that I am a big fan of is emphasizing foods rich in omega-3s. I recently did an episode all about omega-3s, and one of the great things about them is that they are powerful anti 
anti-inflammatory. So I try to eat either wild-caught fresh salmon or even canned salmon a couple of times a week to help control that inflammatory process. Inflammation is also very stress producing in the body. It's not just uh, about blood flow, but it's also about our stress response, which is a real major impact on our hormones. And as we've just established, fat loss is a hormonal game. It is a hormonal game. And there is a particular hormone known as neuropeptide Y that actually causes your fat tissue to grow, to get bigger, okay? And neuropeptide Y is a stress hormone very closely linked to cortisol. Chronic high levels of stress, chronic high levels of cortisol, right? That is going to upregulate this other stress hormone, neuropeptide Y, that is going to grow your fat tissue, okay? So, When we talk about inflammation, we are also talking about stress in general. Whether it's emotional stress or physical stress, that is a stress response on the body that triggers inflammation and triggers these hormonal cascades that make fat loss much more difficult, much more difficult. All right. For those of you who aren't science geeks, you might be thinking, oh my gosh, can you just tell me what to do already? Let's get to the practical implementation. First and foremost, as I say on almost every episode, look at your results. If what you are doing is working, fantastic. Don't change anything. If you feel good, if your energy is good, your hunger's in check, you're feeling great, don't change anything if you are seeing fat loss results. Now, I will say, I recommend not assessing your results based on the scale. I recommend measurements, specifically waist and hip, every couple of weeks, okay? There's too many different factors that influence the scale. Now, if you check your weight every few days and that works for you, great. I'm not talking to you. There are so many people, though, who get hung up and think, I, you know, I feel great. I feel like my pants fit better, but the scale's not moving. What are you doing wrong? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And if you're one of those people, let the scale go and just judge it based on your waist and hip measurements. So if you are feeling great and getting results, change nothing. If you aren't feeling great and or you aren't getting results, start to look at some of these implementation strategies. When we're thinking about implementation beyond assessing your results, We need to all work, whether our goal is fat loss or our goal is energy or our goal is health, whatever it is, we have to eat to respect and care for our hormone balance. A lot of this is about controlling insulin, but that is not just about carbohydrates. It is about the quantity of food we're eating, the quality of food we're eating, and the frequency that we are eating. And your results are going to tell you if you're okay. If you email me and say, how do I know if I'm eating too much? Your results, right? I'm not being harsh. It's It's just the best way to tell. Or if you say, you know, can I eat X, Y, or Z? Are you are you getting results and are you feeling good? If you, if we're talking about say peanut butter, right, and you're stressed about peanut butter, how are how is your hormonal biofeedback? Do you feel well? How's your energy? How's your hunger? How are you sleeping? And are you getting results? If you are, great, keep doing what you're doing. If you're not, time to change something, right? Time to change something. One thing that's very powerful is remembering 
Just because we're talking about whole foods does not mean that you can overdo it. Many people fall into this trap about overeating fat and protein thinking, well, as long as I'm not doing the carbs and as long as I'm not causing an insulin spike, remember that insulin is responding to fuel in general and it is going to store excess of anything, whether that is fat or protein. A good starting point if you feel like you want to make a change to get better results or to start getting results, I recommend that people start with what I call the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, okay? And yeah, we're talking about carbs, but this also has an impact on fat and protein because we're talking about the right carbs, which is going to be those that are less processed. It is a spectrum, however. So if you are going, I use the example of how before I started losing weight, I was having Chick-fil-A for breakfast and then I started eating protein bars. It doesn't mean that protein bars are the very best option, but are they better than Chick-fil-A? Absolutely, positively. Is taking an egg and baking it in avocado uh, a better choice? Yeah, probably for most people, but it is a spectrum. So as long as you are moving down, even in tiny little incremental steps, that spectrum towards the whole food end of things, that's going to be a step in the right direction. The second of the golden rules of carbs and fat loss is to eat your carbohydrates at the right time. The wrong time is the morning. The better time is going to be later in the day, preferably with your dinnertime meal or after your dinnertime meal. And when we talk about this, We're talking about all of the carbs. So it's not that carbs are bad. I got an email from somebody today saying, I know you, you know, you're you're anti-carb. No, I'm not. I'm not anti-carb at all. But there is a right time or a better time for carbs when your goal is fat loss. So the right time is going to be your dinnertime meal or post-workout. The right amount. When fat loss is the goal, I recommend starting somewhere between a quarter cup and a half a cup and adjusting from there. And then in the right company, adding fat and or protein when you consume carbs, whether that's fruit, whether that's a sweet potato, whether that's pasta, making sure that we blunt the rise in our blood sugar and therefore the insulin response by slowing down digestion, adding fat and protein. From another practical implementation angle, really working to manage stress because that has a significant impact on inflammation, okay? And inflammation inhibits fat loss, just like stress does. People tend to get very stressed out over their food choices. You know, if you eat something you wish you hadn't have eaten, you make a decision that's not in alignment with your goals. And I remind them, your stress response is actually making it worse. Like, okay, so the Oreos weren't great, but then beating yourself up for four hours over the Oreos, you just made it worse because you've now created an even greater stress response in your body. So ask yourself, is my stress response really serving me here? Is getting worked up over misplacing my keys and searching for them for five minutes really worth getting worked up about when I understand the impact that stress has on my body? The second thing we can do for not just stress, but also for the blood flow side of things, is leisure walking, getting out and moving as much as possible, not tracksuit, arm swinging, huffing, puffing walking, just leisure walking, taking a stroll. Also for stress, 
getting enough sleep. This has a major, major, major impact on our hormones and therefore our ability to burn fat. And this is not just about quantity of sleep. There are many people who just can't possibly get more hours, but we can do many, many things to improve the quality of our sleep. And I did an entire podcast episode on ways to improve the quality of your sleep that I will link to in the show notes. And then lastly, from a practical implementation standpoint, move. Leisure walking is great, but when you're ready, adding in some of those high-intensity interval workouts to create a hormonal response that triggers fat loss and also to get those blood flow benefits and those stress-reducing benefits that we need for that hormonal environment for fat loss. So assess your results. Eat to support your hormones, quantity of food, quality of food, frequency of meals, right? Your results will tell you if you're on the right track there. Pay attention to the hormonal signals your body is sending you. Look to follow the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. Manage your stress and move your body. And like I said, starting out, I would love, love, love to hear what you want to hear more about, the topics you want me to dive into, things maybe you don't understand or need clarification on. And the very best way to communicate with me is head over to primalpotential.com. On the homepage, there is that sign up to be on my VIP email list. I send out tips, recipes, workouts, meal ideas, on a regular basis, and you can respond to any of those emails with your questions, with your ideas, with your feedback, all that stuff. I love to hear from you, and I I just want to emphasize that this podcast is your podcast. This podcast is for me to deliver what you need to reach your goals, whether that's emotional eating, whether that's fat loss strategies, whether it's workout tips, what you need, I want to give you. So that's all for today, and until next time, guys, stay healthy. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals.